Welcome back to the couch, everybody. Uh, we are here on a Monday evening. Going to recap some Sunday football that we saw yesterday. A lot of big stories from yesterday. We got a, a pretty packed show. We're going to start with the big storyline of the day. The Chiefs versus Bills game ends in a controversial call with Kadarius Tony being called for an offensive offsides on a play which the Chiefs ended up scoring on and having called back. Chiefs end up losing 20 to 17. They go to 8 and 5 on the year. The Bills go to 7 and 6, keeping their playoff hopes alive. Uh let's start with the reaction to this call, fellas. Chiefs Mahomes, Andy Reid very up in arms over this. Butsy, what was your reaction? I I I was mad at his reaction. Like I think that is a really soft and 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 loser type of action reaction from from that play like if this play happens like if, if if Travis Kelsey just catches it and gets tackled and then there was the offensive or often often sorry I'm battling a severe case of the hiccups and it was offensive offsides no one really says anything and it, like it's just a normal play but the fact that Travis Kelsey lat- lateraled it to Kadarius Tony is was was unreal was very special but Patrick Mahomes was talking about how they took away greatness I mean they threw the flag right when the ball was snapped and he was so clearly lined up off sides. Like it's the right call. It's a good call. I mean, you just can't line up off sides in that situation, no matter what. So I think the reaction is, is completely, I think it's childish. I think it's really soft and it's really easy to pin it on the refs. Um, I mean, it actually really, I don't, I don't even think it, it is easy to pin it on the refs because they made the right call. Right. I think the rest yeah. made the right call down the stretch. And it, although it took away a great play, I think Patrick Mahomes' reaction was really childish. Zwick, agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to disagree with that because the fact of the matter is that Kadarius Tony was offsides. And you can say, oh, they never called that. Or and players do that every play and it never gets called. Well, it's been happening a lot more this year. Um, I saw a stat and they, where they've been calling it. It's been called 11 times this year. And then the past two seasons, it's been called three times. So. Obviously, the tush push, it's getting called on the Eagles a, f- a few amount of times. We've seen it there. And, like, it, it's it's just so lame. Like, it's just the lamest way for, like, the Chiefs, like, Mahomes specifically, to, like, talk about football, after, like, talk about the game. And they, they're going to, like, act like that's what lost them the game. Like, they weren't tied or down three. And it was also third and – or second and ten. You had a chance – you know, to not be in that situation and you put yourselves in that situation. So I, I mean, I don't feel bad. I don't, I don't really care because one, it's like Canaries, Tony was literally blocking the football. Like if the side, the line judge cannot see the football, then you have to throw it. You have to throw the flag. Yeah, I agree. I don't feel bad. I think Andy Reed uh, said that they, you're usually given a warning or something. So maybe that's on the refs for not, giving him a warning, but if Kadarius Tony hadn't been doing that, then how do you give a warning? You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. Um, but I think I, – I, I agree. I think the reaction was childish. I think the Bills played a great game, and I think they deserve to win. The, the Chiefs um, basically just got outplayed. So let's move on from the call and talk about the game a little bit. Um, the Chiefs just can't score points, guys. They, like, this, they this, stink. <laughs> this Buffalo they defense – it's not like the these Buffalo defenders are world beaters. Um, they're pretty banged up. They're healthier than the Chiefs are overall, but that defense is not what they were at the beginning of the season for the Bills. And the Chiefs only muster 17 points 
Uh, is it is it time to worry, Butsy? I'm worried. I think Zwick and I talked about this before on Thursday. Excuse me. We were talking about how, like, if the Chiefs lose this, you're close to the panic button. And I, I like we said, we thought the Bills were going to win this game, and they did, and it was because of the Chiefs' offense. The Chiefs' offense is not good. I know Isaiah Pacheco is missing, and he's a huge part of what they do on the ground. Um, he's been great all year, but no Pacheco. They were at a complete complete loss. Um, really, only the the only real explosive plays that I saw out of the Chiefs were Patrick Mahomes and out of Mahomes and Kelsey. I didn't see anybody else step up. No one else has stepped up all season. Um, I'm really concerned for this not uh, this Chiefs offense, and and defensively, I thought they played a fine game defensively. I mean, holding the Bills to what was it, 20 points? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's pretty good. Like the Bills, this Bills op- offense has been rolling uh, these past couple of weeks, and hold them to 20 is good. Your offense needs to step up, and your offense is is their op- offense is really bad right now. I think it's a real concern. Um, I I I don't see them winning the AFC now. Like I I can't. Like I think there are other teams like the Dolphins and like the uh, Ravens, who we should talk about a little little bit later, who are just playing better. Like I just think they're better overall football teams than the Kansas City Chiefs. No matter if they have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they can't do it all themselves. It requires twenty two guys on the field, um, on both sides of the ball. So I I I think I think I'm close to hitting the panic button on the Chiefs. Zwick, do you put it all on the receivers? Yeah, I mean, like, not uh, not like all of it, but like the receivers, I mean, no doubt have been a huge problem. I mean, they would have beat the Lions. Kadaris Stoney caught that pass yeah. in the, late in the fourth quarter. And I mean, who knows if they hold on to win against Buffalo because there was still a lot of time left and they were only going to be up four. But they would have went ahead. So MVS had a game had a drop uh, exactly. in an earlier game. I, I don't remember who they played, but so, I mean, probably I, it's in that not game. the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. They would have won. So it's not, I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent on the receivers, but I mean, like, w- like what can they do? Like, they're not going to go out. No one is available. Like this, this offense isn't just going to magically get better overnight. Like they're not fixing their problems because they still have Kadarius, Tony, you know, Rasheed Rice has looked better, but like outside of him, it's like it's Kelsey and who else? So I'm like I'm I'm panicking for sure. I think that the AFC is now Jake Browning's to lose. So I I don't really see Kansas City doing anything. Really Jake, Browning's, Jake Browning on Sunday. Jake Browning's yeah. to lose. Uh I'm not panicking and I'll tell you why. I'm panicking. I haven't panicked on the Chiefs all year. I will not panic now. And I think if it was like, I don't know, if if this was the NFL like five years ago, I'd probably be panicked because there were really good teams in the AFC and in the NFC. Right now, there's one team that I think is better than Kansas City, and it's the fully healthy 49ers. I don't know. Like, don't I think can't Dallas say, is better? I If they play the in a playoff game tomorrow – I would pick Kansas City over everyone except the 49ers. I think that's wild. I I don't think I I will not bet against Mahomes in in that situation. Guys, they would have they would have won last night if Kadarius Tony was four inches behind the ball. Could have, should have, would have. Like I mean, there was still time left too. If MVS catches a ball, they win. Like I'm not talking about that though. Like I know they also they also could have won the other week with the the DPI. Like they're they're a couple plays away from being like. 12 and whatever they they could be they could have like three other but they're not but they're not not. i get it but the way that they're losing these games isn't a way that's enough for me to press the panic button 
especially when I don't see another team that doesn't have a weakness. Like Kansas City has their I receivers are their weakness. Two. I see two. You you think the Cowboys are a flawless team? I mean, what's their flaw right now? Yeah. It's a good point. What like what what would you point like, out after last night? What would you say? Like, you could say flaw? you could say the secondary, but the D line is so fucking good. Also, that... Gilmore played unbelievable last night. Yeah, we saw, we nine saw tackles, it. nine solo tackles on AJ Brown. He fucking locked locked him up last night. I would usually say Mike McCarthy, but he's also having just a, a pretty good he run might. at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but <laughs> I I also think that Dak Prescott versus Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't. It's like Dak Prescott's not a weakness. He might win the MVP, but when you put those two on a field against each other, who are you? Who would you rather have? Like it's not even close. Um, so, yeah, but okay. so okay. so if we're talking about QBs in a vacuum, yeah, I'm gonna take Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But you have to realize that there's like there's there's a lot of other guys on the field that that matter for them, especially like when Patrick Mahomes is throwing to nobody, and Dak Prescott's throwing a fucking CD Lamb who seems to be open. Literally every play. Okay. Ferguson's having an insane season too. He's getting Brandon Cooks involved. I mean, like he's getting literally every receiver that he has involved. They're they're not like I mean, I think they're just a better team. I literally I just think flat out they have better offense. I you could say the Chiefs defense is comparable to the Cowboys defense. I think it's better. I would take the Chiefs defense, but they're both very good defenses. If you want to take one or the other, I don't really I don't I wouldn't hate hate it, but the Cowboys offense complementing the defense is just is they're just a better complete team, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fine. And that's the reasonable take. But <laughs> I'm not going to falter on the Chiefs. I will not until they actually lose the big game. I will not go away okay. from this. this All right. um, and the Cowboys still like the Eagles is a great win, but that's an awful secondary. It's about time for me to realize that the Eagles actually might not be as good as I thought they were a week ago because they gave up 33 to a a pretty solid offense, but nevertheless. Chargers Chargers moment right here too. (laughs) Well, aha moment. Um, Chargers uh, Chargers had a big win recently, didn't they? No, they they, they got spanked. uh, 6-0 the other week against a quality team, right? What do the Chargers even do? The Chargers are in full panic mode. We don't really need to talk about the Chargers. Though. Yeah, I want to talk I'm, about the Eagles. I'm panicking on the Chargers. <laughs> oh, hot oh. take, hot take, hot take. We're, we're pressing the panic button on the Chargers. Hot take. Hey, they play one of the hottest teams in the league. Chargers fans, we are panicking here. All right, let's talk about the birds. Let's talk about the birds, Jordan, because I think it was uh, me a couple weeks ago who was like, "Hey, I, you know, the Eagles, you know, didn't haven't haven't had a lot of impressive wins. They were due due for a shellacking." Um, and they got shellacked, but I, I kind of stood on. I don't think that that team is, is the team of last year. I don't think they're very great. Um, they went to Dallas last night and got shellacked again. The only reason this game was close was because of scoop and score, uh, by the Eagles defense, but offensively, the Eagles struggled all night. Uh, defensively, it didn't matter. It didn't seem to matter what they did because the Cowboys receivers just seemed to get open and Dak played a hell of a game. Um, my Dak take is looking worse and worse as the weeks go by. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know if the Eagles are legit. I think now there's there's two powerhouses in the NFC. NFC. It's the Chargers, or sorry, not the Chargers. Oh. I, I, I have Chargers. Oh, it's the uh, it's the Cowboys, and it's the it's the Niners. I think those are the two teams to beat. The Cowboys now have the one seed in the NFC East, which means if everything goes according to plan, they would be hosting uh, the they would be hosting a playoff game, and the Eagles would have to go on the road. 
Um, so yeah. Oh, bless you, Buster. Sorry, huge sneeze there. I had to mute myself. <laughs> but I don't think the Eagles are as good as we thought they were. They got away with a lot of close wins early um, against some pretty not 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 great teams like the Commanders. And I think when they played a really good team like they did uh, last night, it sh- their weaknesses show. Hmm. 2023 Eagles, the 2022 Vikings. Oh man, I no, wouldn't go that no, far. No. No, it's it's the line. It's no, the lines. It's yeah, the lines. Yeah, the lines. It's the lines. Yeah, the lines are. But yeah. no, you're right. I, I I agree with you. I mean, it felt like it was so obvious that the Cowboys were winning that game last night. Like, it it was close, like somewhat close in like the second quarter, and like like the scoreboard was close, but it never really felt close. Like the Eagles. I mean, when your best three players fumble the football on three separate drives and you turn it over every time, especially on the plus side of the field, like you're not going to win that game. Like, especially against, you know, probably the best offense in the league right now, you're just not going to win that game. So, like, like I said, like Butsy said, the Eagles defense is a huge problem. The Eagles offense is starting to become a problem too because they haven't shown anything against real defense like Dallas and San Francisco. So, Eagles might just be a problem. Okay, again, I think you guys go a little too far. I think the offense is pretty much fine. Uh, the fumbles are a free thing. Six points. The the Cowboys are an elite defense. Um, I think they're going to be okay offensively. Defensively, they gave up forty two and thirty three in consecutive weeks. Uh, thirty four the week before. Worried about the defense. The defense is a is a big issue after last year being one of the best in the league. The D-line is still very good. The front seven is solid, but the secondary um, and the linebackers are an issue. They they couldn't cover anything against Dallas um, or the Niners, clearly. But I, I do disagree. Like I, They beat the Chiefs. Um, that's a real defense. I mean, they were able to score points. It wasn't like a, a barn burner by any means, but they put up 21 against the great Chiefs defense. They put up 37 against the Bills, who we just saw hold the Chiefs to 17. So I think those are two pretty um, impressive offensive performances. Not worried about the offense, but I do think it it's pretty hard to argue against, um, you know, that, that defense being any sort of legit. So... With that said, why don't we go to power rankings and see where you have everyone listed, Zwick? All right. It's spicy. There's some new faces. Oh, can you uh send a screenshot if you have uh if you have a sec? Hello? We'd appreciate yes. it. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm doing that right now. Sweet. Thank All you. right. All right. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. You guys ready? I'm ready. All right. Number 10, the Green Bay Packers. Oh, sorry. Number nine, the Jags. Jags look just just down, just not good for Jacksonville right now. Still eight and five, though. Eight, the Lions. Like, panic meter is an all-time high. Seven, Dolphins. I think they're going to slack the Titans tonight. Titans are terrible. Six, Bills. I think the Bills are, you know, probably the best seven and six team of all time, maybe. Five, the Chiefs. I think they stink. I really do. Like I, I have a hard time putting the Bills under them, but I like oof. four Eagles, three Ravens, two Cowboys, one Niners are a juggernaut. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
I think Rick, it's so I'll... funny that the the Lions are full panic mode and they're our eighth team on power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Did we say full panic mode? There's just not a lot of places to go this year. No, there's not. No, no I mean, there really is. I, I thought about putting the Bengals at 10. I, I won't lie. I thought about it. <laughs> I thought you might have them too. I, I, Jake Browning is so good. He is pretty good. <laughs> he's and good. Joe, you see that your QB1 gave up his box. Yeah. Yeah, he's the man. Jake Browning's family was in Joe Burrow's box yeah. on Sunday. Wow. Yeah, most sounds so lucky. Sounds very lucky. I'd want to be a Joe Burrow. I, I would, yeah, I would probably. I don't I'd know. Like I, to be I, think I, would, I think I would, yeah. So I, I would probably do. Let's wow. talk about the Bills, Zwick. Um, you have number six on the power rankings. I think that you're right. They might be the best seven and 16 of, uh, six team of all time. Fun fact of the day for you. I got many more coming. Don't. Don't worry, but uh, this one is about the Bills and Josh Allen. Josh Allen has nine straight games with an interception. Uh, that is the longest streak in six years by a quarterback. Um, the turnovers, I guess, you if you want to say they're concerning, like uh, you have a case, but his touchdowns are just – he just scores a lot of fucking touchdowns. Um, no matter how many times he turns the ball over, he seems to always have plus touchdowns. And he's been really fucking good these last few weeks. Um, heartbreaker against the Eagles. This team needed this game. Oh, geez. That was a bad hiccup. I think I was telling Jordan earlier on Sunday morning, he asked me, like, who do I think is going to win, Chiefs or Bills? And I was like, the Bill, every game for the Bills is their Super Bowl. Like, yeah. if they lose another game, they're done. And so I think the Bills are doing everything they can to try and win. I still think they're a really solid team. I think they're figuring things out uh, piece by piece. And I think Josh Allen has done a great job these last few weeks of keeping this team intact um, and not folding. Cause I think that's really easy to do when a lot of people are doubting you and that, you know, you're, you're on the outside looking into the playoff picture, you're going to arrowhead, really tough place to play. And the Bills showed up and, and beat the chiefs. I think it's a really, really big win and a statement win for this bills team. I think they're going to keep momentum rolling um, into these next few weeks. I still think they have a legit chance to make the playoffs too. Um, they're seven and six, but they're somehow the 11 seed in the AFC, which is <laughs> fucking crazy. Like there's yeah. 11 teams in the AFC that are seven, six or better. Uh, that's absolutely wild. So um, I like the bills a lot. I do think that they're better than the dolphins. I, mm, no, I, I think the dolphins should be at six and I put the bills at seven. Uh, that would probably be my only switch on this list. I, I, I think the dolphins are going to absolutely demolish the Tennessee Titans tonight. I think what well, happens in like 15 minutes actually, but the dolphins are playing really, really, really good football right now. Um, I think they're a tough team to beat their defense. I know it's banged up, but they still are are playing well. Uh, they I know they were on a bye last week, so I, I expect the Dolphins to take care of business. And they still have a chance at the one seed too. Uh, the yeah. Ravens play the Dolphins in a few weeks. I think that's going to be the game for the one seed in the AFC. Um, and if the Dolphins get it, I think going to Miami is a really tough place to play, um, especially when you're kind of a colder weather team going to a warm weather climate can sometimes fuck you up. Uh, it fucks Patriots up every year. So we'll see, but I, I I think my only switch would be the Dolphins and the Bills. Yeah, that I mean, Mac Jones might just fuck the Patriots up. My, Mac Jones might be an issue. Yeah, he might he might also be an issue. But the Patriots haven't won in Miami in like ten years. I don't think so. That's great. That's actually nice. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, my cousin has been going to like every Patriots Dolphins game in Miami for like fifteen years. I think he saw them win once, and we had Tom Brady for like ten of those years. So. Yeah. We don't do we don't get it done in Miami. I love the Green Bay appearance. I'm so happy about <laughs> it. <laughs> the pack is back. They are hot. Mm-hmm. 
won three straight against the Chargers, Lions, and the Chiefs. Now they have a bye. They come off a bye and play the Giants. That's just – oh, wait, it's not a bye. They're playing tonight, aren't they? Yeah, they're yeah. playing the Giants in 15 Oh, minutes. right now. Double oh, header tonight. Awesome. Double so header. No, it's four straight. It's not even a double header. It's just simultaneous football. Yeah. Yeah, fucks. Fucks. Definitely yeah, fucks. Definitely fucks. Um, they go Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers, Vikings, Bears to close out wow. the season. They could win the uh, NFC North. It could happen. And it was. I knew it all along. I predicted it from the very start. I never wavered on this team. I think uh, you, you might have. <laughs> I, I think you might have. Yeah. I think we talked about last week how you can't go back on your take now well, that it's actually looking good because you flipped i said once you flip you can't fly <laughs> you have to root for tommy to DeVito to tonight no 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 i'm definitely reclaiming the packers i'm not i'm not gonna that's absolutely seriously insane. say that i i knew it all along but i did know a little bit i knew i knew something so i, mean, I if never you just, give if up you just stuck with your guns when when your boys were in the trenches <laughs> like i'm you, you don't think i'm standing by matt eberflus and the bears right now no you you abandoned <laughs> they, they're still in the hunt too. the bears yeah. are in the hunt the if matt, the okay hunt. all right so sick hypothetical I'm here. Bears somehow make it to playoffs. That'd be great. This is Matt Eberflus get head coach of the year talks. <laughs> I, I think you talks. have to put him in consideration. Um, I think <laughs> I think he's got to be up there. Yeah, he should get talks. I listen. The Bears played great on on <laughs> yesterday. There's the no Lions. Denial. Let's talk about the Lions because let's talk about them. They, I like. I'm I'm not like fully giving up, but the ceiling is just so low. Yeah, like, it is. It's it's really low. I think they could easily be one and done in the playoffs in like embarrassing fashion. It's their and division to lose. It is. Point, it is. Know? And I think a, a Green Bay win tonight will really put the pressure on because the Packers schedule is easy. And you know, sorry, keep, keep I was just going to say, and Detroit still has to go to Dallas and play Miami. Yeah. And you know who I'm actually surprised isn't on this list? that we need to talk about a little bit more is the Denver Broncos. That's what I was going to say. Like, if the Denver Broncos are one game back of the division, mm. like, if the Chiefs fuck up again and the Broncos stay hot, the Chiefs might not win the AFC West. Come on. Chiefs miss the playoffs? Chiefs Come miss on. the playoffs? Chiefs lose out and miss the playoffs? Question mark? Browning playoff question mark? Um, but yeah, I, I think the Denver Broncos are playing as good of football as anybody in the NFL right now. Um, they had a little bit of a hiccup last week against the, uh, the Texans, a little bad turnover luck. A few bounces didn't go their way, but I think they're, they're red hot. Uh, they put a whomping on the chargers. I know the chargers aren't really good. Um, but they were, they were my, uh, my underdog, my, my underdog of the week, actually plus two and a half plus one twenty on the Oof. money line. That, that was easy. Um, so, and, and Trevor, uh, not Trevor Lawrence, um, Herbie did get hurt. He fractured. What did he fracture his finger? Yeah, yeah. The charger, hand. the charger season might be over now. Oh no, it's over. I think it was over a little bit ago, but now that I think this put the nail in the coffin. No, um, I mean it's really tough. The Chargers were having a great run, and yeah, I know. If only <laughs> Herbert didn't get hurt, I mean they were a Super Bowl contender. So it's just hard to see that season end that yeah. way. But I'm all in on the Broncos. That's my. That's my. You're all in on the Broncos. All in on the Denver Whoa. Broncos. Okay, first okay. of all, like, all in on them. Can I can I set my my ceiling? Because I'm not all in on them winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> all in on them getting the seven seed. <laughs> I think they could sneak you in a playoff game. Dude, they're not I gonna think, they're not gonna I win think, the division. I think they, they don't have to win it. the division to make the playoffs. So who are they gonna beat? Who are they gonna the beat the Ravens? I think the Ravens. they could lose lose to Jake Browning in the playoffs. If they go to the Chiefs, oh, 
If they go to Kansas City, they're not the winning. I, I don't know? know. I don't. I don't know. Okay, first of all, the Chiefs go Patriots, Raiders, the Burrowless Bengals, and the oh. injured Herbert Chargers. So they're probably not going to lose a game. They might beat the Patriots forty to nothing next week. I wouldn't be surprised if we they see should. like a, a saying, six lateral play. You um, saying Jake Browning is going to lose to the Chiefs next week? I. You're gonna I eat those words, pal. Going take. out Hot on take. a limb and saying you're that. gonna eat those words. <laughs> <Hot take. laughs> uh J- Jake Browning needs to see some regression. I am like confused on how the Broncos are this good. I don't really fully understand it, but um let's see who they have left. They have the Lions, the Pats, the Chargers, and the Raiders left. That's not too bad, but I don't know. I, I just don't losing any of those games. I, I think Russ is washed. I think Sean Payton and some of these defenses are covering up for Russell Wilson being a little bit washed. He is playing better, a lot better than last year. Don't get me wrong, but um, I just, I don't believe in him at this point in his career. They are hot as hell though. Oh my God. I'm looking at this right now. They've won yeah. one, Whoa. two, three, four, five, six of their last seven. And the yeah. one loss was to the Texans. Yep. They're, 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 they're scorching. I think they're as hot as any team in football right now. Um, yeah. Let's talk about a team that dropped off. I think your power rankings Wick. the, uh, who the Broncos did lose to, a week back, the Texans. Um, oh, yeah. They went up to New York. Disaster. Just what an absolute shit show that was. It was 0-0 at halftime, and the Jets scored 30 points in the second half alone. Uh, Zach Wilson had nothing to lose, nothing to nothing to lose. What, are they going to bench him again? I think his quote was to one of his teammates in the locker room. Uh, he went out there and balled. Uh, CJ Stroud concussion protocol. Is, is, this, is the Cinderella story up, Jordan? Yeah, well, they lost their two best skill players. Tank Dell's out for the year, and Nico Collins got hurt in this game. He had one catch for 13 yards. Uh, the leading receiver was Brevin Jordan for the Texans, number nine. Mm. Not familiar <laughs> with this game. Yeah, he's a tight end. I, I didn't know he existed till 30 seconds ago. But, um, yeah, it's it's over because of injuries. Stroud's had an awesome rookie year. I feel bad for him that, it, that it's going to be a rough next couple of weeks without his two-star receivers. Um, there's There's not a whole lot you can do with with the guys that he's thrown to now hopefully he can get at least you know two more wins they play the titans twice the browns and the colts so um it's not like they have a, a gauntlet to go through but i do think the cinderella story and the the talk of them making noise in the playoffs is over um pretty much strictly due to injury obviously it was a terrible defensive performance too but yeah i, I mean zach wilson playing carefree football i mean scary sight Ooh, you might yeah sight. it's very scary sight i mean is he back? I don't know. Scary sight for for who? For Jets fans? For the league? That don't want to see for the, the league. Jets fan? Yeah, for the league. <laughs> <laughs> if Zach Wilson just goes on an absolute tear in like these last four weeks, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, do we bring Aaron Rodgers in, or do we do we start Aaron Rodgers? Or we yeah, go with our guy Zach Wilson. The, he leads them to a playoff berth, and Rodgers comes back off the Achilles. <laughs> who I, do the Jets start? <laughs> Wild card weekend. Zach Wilson, who has ninety <laughs> touchdowns over his last four games. <laughs> Or an Aaron Rodgers off an Achilles. Um, I would take Zach Wilson off. Maybe they down. do like the Zappy Mac Jones thing where it's like you give one of them a, a quarter and then you rotate the other one and just see what happens that way. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's like that's a it, for the for the Pats, that's just such a lateral move. Actually, you know what? I disagree. Mm-hmm. I'm going back on that take. I don't I don't I take that back. We're building around Zappy. Oh, <laughs> I mean, the Patriots, let's talk about the Patriots for a sec. They are building around Bailey Zappy. They're gonna, you know, they're already gonna draft Marvin Harrison. Right, I mean, they. No, like, that would be so stupid. They're gonna draft Marvin Harrison. I'm telling you right now, this week. So I don't know what's gonna happen. 
They're going to draft Marvin. There's no Hines. way you want that. Like, so, like no, I had to listen not. to this all Thursday night from 8.20 <laughs> to, to 10.40. Build around Zappy. Every play he every made, play. every throw to a wide open guy who was uncovered five yards in, over the middle of the field was, we're building around Zappy. Building around that, Zappy. Uh, what about the build second Hunter Brownie. Henry touchdown? He threw it on absolute dot to my boy Hunter Henry in the end zone. He made some good throws, dude, but <laughs> we're not it's drafting. Like, how, how, do they, how, how do they score – 21 at Steelers in zero home against the Chargers. Was, did we, no, did we no miss steps. a Brandon Staley masterclass last week? <laughs> <laughs> Is this Patriots offense elite question mark? Um, no, they're not. Uh, I, I I don't want them to draft Marvin Harrison. Realistically, I I, I think that I, I they do, should get I do QB, think it could happen. Though. I, I like I, I'm very scared it will happen. And I keep saying it's going to happen because I don't want it to happen. Yeah, I think if the two quarterbacks are gone at the top, I think they will draft Marvin Harrison. So, too. And it would just suck because it would be another year for Patriots fans of watching Mm. awful quarterback play. But then maybe the next year we get a quarterback, and then you have Marvin Harrison coming into his prime with a young quarterback. So that wouldn't be the worst thing. It would just be so hard as a fan to watch another year of the Pats look like this offense. I agree. I mean, next year's QB class is pretty weak, too. And, like, I've seen Jaden Daniels just – Soar up mock draft boards. Like I, I was when we did our podcast the other day this week, I told you that CBS Sports had a mock draft of the Patriots having the second pick and taking Jaden Daniels and yeah. Caleb Will- and Caleb Williams going six. And I was like, this is just the most I mean, dumb, stupid mock draft I've ever seen. Um, but like the Marvin Harrison is a real possibility, especially if the Patriots win one more game. And I don't know why they're gonna try and win games, but I like think- why do I feel like they they're gonna? Like what I feel like you're going to go to like, the Jets. I feel like if Caleb Williams and Drake May are gone, one and two, I feel like it's smart at three. If you're sitting there at three to take Marvin Harrison, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But if you're sitting at, what do you do if you sit at six or five? Or even I four. Can't, I how about, can't how about even four? How about even four? You lose. You, have, one, you lose another year. <laughs> what do you go draft? You go. You you take trade an offensive the, tackle. You trade back to the thirty second pick in the first round and draft an O lineman from like Iowa. Like that would just be the most Bill Belichick yeah, Iowa O lineman. I I, I mean, do want to get good. this straight. This was the worst win of any team this season. This was just <laughs> silly. Yeah. Why did oh, you? Do- no. Well, no. We, no. Bills, dude. The Bills. We beat the Bills. Yeah, but like yeah, but that, that was early in the there season. Was still a it, sliver of hope. Yeah, no, there <laughs> that was wasn't. what that was week seven. I mean, we're Jordan, not going to tank week seven. Jordan, we were full tankathon week seven. Well, yeah, but like this was this was stupid. <laughs> this was <laughs> flat out got, stupid. We it's week Zeke fourteen. Class in twenty twenty three to lose out on Caleb Williams. <laughs> oh God, imagine that would fucking hurt really bad. <laughs> we um, gotta lose. We gotta lose the next three to the Chiefs, Broncos, and Bills, and then hopefully. Zach Wilson continues to play this masterpiece football that he put on uh, yesterday, and we lose that game too, and we end up with three wins and hopefully get a quarterback. But um, I don't know. It, it comes out of the Jets game. Oh, yeah, it's going to. It's 100% going to. You guys ready for some fun facts? Mm-hmm. I also have a fun fact. I'll oh, so wait. Do you want to lead with your fun fact? Well, it's not really a fun fact. I just wanted to remind you guys that um, last I checked, it is 2023. Yes. Correct. Um, Jimmy Jimmy Graham and Randall Cobb scored touchdowns yesterday. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. And here's that another was... fun fact for you: Jimmy Graham's ginger. <laughs> oh, why? Yeah, I knew that. I don't know why. 
I really okay. thought about after that had happened. I thought about like a Julio Jones anytime last night. <laughs> like what? Anything could happen now. <laughs> Twenty fourteen. You know, you know that someone threw Randall Cobb into their lineup yesterday because someone was on a buy, and he. I mean, his boom potential no was through the roof. I mean, like, I mean, the Ugh. Dak just gets everyone involved. Dak loves sharing the ball. All right, some fun facts for you guys. Uh, Joe Flacco. He's had 250 yards and over two TDs in his two games as a Brown. You know who's failed to do that ever? Kenny, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Wait. He's terrible. He's so bad. Yeah. Wait, what is it again? It's 200 yards. 250 yards and two TDs in a game. Kenny Pickett's never done that? He's done it, oh, I think he's done it once. Did he do it once? I think he did it once. He's Joe either Flacco's done, it, done it twice in the last two games. Yeah, he's either done it zero times or done it once. I forget what the stat was, but it's either once or zero times. No, anyway, it's so embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. Okay. It's really I'm sad. Gonna check. All right, I'm going to keep firing with my stats. Uh, Zwick is going to check. Uh, Debo has 19 rushing touchdowns, which is the most ever by a receiver. Cool. That is good for him. That is really cool. That's really good. Really he's shout out. I mean, Debo is just unbelievable. He's, I mean, like, might be the most fun player to watch. He is really fun with the ball. Um, whether I think it's he has Brock field. Purdy, dude. He'd be nothing without him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, good point. I mean, good point. Good <laughs> yeah. Point. No yeah. point. Um, Flacco named the starter for the rest of the season. Another Joe Flacco fact. And a Browns fact for you. The Browns have won games with four different starting QBs this year. That is wild. That is That's insane. wild. That is a wild stat. All right, so I got the I got the clarification. Kenny Pickett has never done it. And he, right. only, he has he has one career game with two passing touchdowns. It was week three against the Raiders, and he only had 230 yards. So he was yeah, close. People were, people were saying that was the breakout game. It was the coming out party. Yeah. Well, this, it this was is the breakout not. This is the Kenny Pickett year. Oh, uh, Zwick, how did your bets do last week? They actually did very well. Bears mm-hmm. plus three, schmacked. Schmacked. Bengals money line. Cowboys minus three. Um, I forget. I think that was it. What was your underdog? It was the bear? It was the Bears. It was the Bears. Yeah, the Bears. Wow, um, I had, that's a big yeah. week from Zwick. It was a it was a great week. I'm so up. I had uh, the Detroit Chicago under forty three and a half. It was a gross play, but it hit. Uh, I had the Cleveland the most gross play. Cleveland first half and it smacked. I mean, I was actually worried there for a sec. They took a 14-0 lead, and then they gave up a touchdown, and then a turnover, and I was like, fuck. And then Trevor Lawrence turned the ball over again. Um, and I was like, thank you for that, Trevor. Uh, he is he's hurt. I'm just yeah. gonna I'm just gonna say he's hurt. I I that's the only like fathomable reason that he had that many interceptions is that he's hurt. Yeah. Um, and then I had the Carolina New Orleans over 37. That missed because there were two missed field goals in that game. And then the Panthers had the ball first and goal in the two-yard line and couldn't score. So that was kind of a bad beat. Um, and then my underdog was the Broncos, plus two and a half, plus 120 on the money line, which cashed. And my teaser leg was the Niners, which was just a great bet. Uh, I called in for the Ravens leg of the teasers. Wick, do you have anything to say before your, your leg right now? Yes. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think I can name someone in the Titans secondary. And I can definitely name two guys who are really fast in playing with Dolphins. Mm, mm. So I, I think that's all that needs to be said. And I think there's, there's just no way, right? Like, would this be would this be our Dolphins? third? Maybe third teaser of the year. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Dolphins yeah, that'd be great. It'd be great for us. Dolphins by three at home. There's no way, right? There's no got way. it. I don't think so. Um, yeah. Also, yesterday was a bad day for coaches with big balls. 
uh, Doug Peterson. Can, 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 did you guys, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I need someone with a brain to explain this to me. Um, so Doug Peterson, right? They're down 14, okay? Oh, yeah. This Doug Peterson weird. lines up to go for two. When they're down, all you have to do is kick the extra point. You're down seven. Doug Peterson lines up to go for two. No, uh, that's not weird. That's, that's that not weird? Sense. Okay. I, I get me, that. That's still weird for me because I've never seen the Pages do that in my lifetime or our lifetime, and I don't think we ever will. So, but analytics, the, it's the analytics. Yeah, it's the analytics, analytics play. And then the analytics play was that they had they were down ten. Uh, the Browns came down and kicked the field goal after they cut it to seven, and then they go down and score. Evan Ingram had a monster day, and they lined up to go for two. Down when, four. Down four. That was weird. That I just. So, all you have to do is get the onside kick and then kick a field goal to tie it. Remember, Doug they Peterson, did. Mr. All Analytics right. wanted to go for two for some reason so that if they got the onside kick, they would win it with a field goal. But instead, they didn't get the two-point conversion. And then they would have needed, if they had got the onside kick, they would have needed another touchdown with about a minute left. I don't understand that. I I, I don't get it. I hate it. They did that. Do you remember they did that last year in the playoff game versus the Chargers? And that's how they won. Yeah, but like that was just the biggest Sorry, fucking crazy, craziest game ever. It is oh, like there's some analytics thing that says if you go for two twice, you have a good chance of getting it. And also, yeah, if you, you just need it once. And if you get it, it yeah, but yeah. and also you don't want to go to overtime because then your chance of winning go down even more. So it is like a thought out analytical thing, but I, it's, I like it's it. odd. I like it too. <laughs> I like going. I like the first one. I like it down. I like it to cut it to six. Right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. That one you, makes more sense. You're down. You're down the fourteen. One. You score. You go for two. If you yeah. get it, you can win in regulation. If you don't, you just have to get it again. Then you go to overtime. Yeah. The I, I like but, that. the the one where they where they cut it to four. Uh, and you need to go like half the yeah, distance that's weird. with that, no timeouts that, and a minute left. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah. All right. Um, we're about to get cut off by the Zoom. Thank you all for listening. We have uh, two great football games to watch. We have Zwick's teaser leg to hit. We will be back soon for more. Thank you. All right. I'm here with Max. We are in our NBA segment. We have a little in-season tournament review for everyone. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. We certainly loved it. Correct, Max? Oh, yeah. This was A++. Okay, good. Um, we have some pros and cons that we're going to talk about. I think the pros definitely outweighed the cons for me, but definitely uh, some stuff that I thought they could work on for the future and maybe improve it and make it even better. So why don't we start with you, Max? Give me a, either a pro or a con from the in-season tournament. Pro? And real quick before I go in, the cons are very light. And the cons aren't even cons. They're more of like slight tweaks we can make because this is like the first iteration of this so obviously it wasn't expected to be perfect i think it went a, m- like more perfectly than you could have hoped in my opinion um which kind of yeah. ties into the first pro and that per- first pro is that players do care about this and if anything uh you can keep the prize which i thought there's a lot of d- discussion about whether or not five hundred thousand would matter it clearly does we saw the celtics fouling doing hacka drummond um to make it into this tournament so clearly teams really care about this. We saw LeBron going all out to win this game and win it all. And he clearly cared, which he set the tempo for the rest of the league. So I say my first pro is that everybody cared. And that's a really good thing because that made this really important and it made it really matter. 
that's funny because my first bullet point is everyone cared (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) players coaches fans the announcers were into it and lebron like lebron being this into it is a big deal because he's still the face of the league he's still one of the best players in the league and when you see him come out and play like it's a playoff game and treat it like it matters it it starts to actually matter and it starts to feel like something so i think that's that that would have been my first pro too um the pro that I will say is I think the teams that actually made it in the bracket were important. And it kind of like, it kind of like, like for the Pacers, nobody knew how good the Pacers were. I mean, some of us did, but like Tyrese Halliburton just had a whole coming out party in like a, a two week span to put himself on the map as like this legit, you know, star and like one of the best guards in the league now that people probably didn't know about before. So I, I think it was cool that we saw teams go far that you wouldn't usually expect to go far in the NBA. The Pacers are a fun team and they're a good team, but no one really considers them contenders. So I think it's cool to see like real contenders like the Lakers and the Celtics play against fun young teams with like real stakes in a winner go home scenario because that never happens in the NBA. You never see like a, a game seven where Tyrese Halliburton is, is going to have to put on a show in order to beat, you know, Jason Tatum in the Celtics. That's, that doesn't happen. Um, but it did in the in-season tournament. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And off that, I mean, this is one of those things too, like with the play in and I'm talking play in, not in season, the play in tournament, you kind of have to look at it as an in-between point between the playoffs and the regular season. Right. And we always say like the big point of the show, I feel like that we've really probably the biggest thing we've learned, um, about the NBA just from covering it from the couple of years that we have is that there's a difference between uh, winners in the playoffs and winners in the regular season. And there's, there's a lot of those guys that we think, for example, Julius Randle that we think are going to put up stats all the time. And maybe they have an amazing regular season, but they get to the playoffs and they just can't do it and they burn out and they fizzle out. And what I liked about the play in is that you started to see that earlier, right? You really started to see the guys that are, are hungry and are willing to compete. And then some of the guys that the, the lights are too big and the stage is too big for them. Um, and kind of an example of that, this wasn't in the play-in, it was in the playoffs. And, and I thought it was Keegan Murray and DeMontis Sabonis really kind of showed me that they had, they they looked a little scared. And Kevin Herter was the other one. All three of those guys looked like the lights were too big for them in that Warriors uh, series. And I know that was a little bit deeper in the playoffs. But that's like an example of what I'm trying to say. And what I like about the in-season tournament is I think it's another test sort of like the play-in where you got to hold it in a little bit higher regard than the rest of the regular season because these are games that matter and this is when the intensity is turned up all the all the way because i guess this really shows you the playoffs the play-in and the in-season really show you that the regular season some games aren't all the way 100 percent competitiveness and that makes sense because there's a ton of games there's too many games um but yeah i like i like that that ties into that because i think that this game is going to give you or this tournament is going to give you some answers on guys to look forward forward to maybe later on in the playoffs maybe from teams that don't actually make it in the playoffs like Pacers looked good in this tournament and that's because they're a high offense team you got to match their scoring which is hard to do on a single game basis um, and I can see how they got where they got to uh, do I think they might miss the playoffs like possibly and if they miss the playoffs you can still learn like hey we still got a guy who's going to show up in these bigger moments with Tyrese Halliburton because he he did it in the play-in. Great point. And I I think you can go the other way too. 
and look at the Lakers Pelicans Pelicans game and be like, oh, yes. this might be a problem. Like we're yes. we're in a high intensity game. This really matters. And it looks like our best player doesn't really have it right now with Zion. And I know he played amazing uh, just last night after all the criticism, but he and Brandon Ingram kind of didn't have didn't match the energy of a 38 year old LeBron James. And I agree. I think it's a great test. I think it shows you some stuff and you start to think about stuff. You start to be able to, you know, know some things about your team about or about other teams that you didn't know before. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And like, I mean, if you look at it even more boiled down, which I should have brought that up because that you make a really good point about the Pelicans. That was a perfect example. Just to think going into this tournament, who's you feel better about a prospect? about as a prospect, Halliburton or Zion. You probably felt better about Zion, even though he's still in a bad way. And, you know, there's still weirdness going into this. After this tournament, I guarantee you 99% of people would be like, I would rather take Tyrese Halliburton over Zion Williamson right now. And what, I would. Yeah, and all I that would. changed. All that changed was some more intense games. So yeah. it's going to cause more movement around the league because you're going to see playoff teams that find out that maybe this guy doesn't have something, right? Maybe it's a young player that they are hoping to plug and play for this playoffs, and maybe in the in-season he doesn't show up, and from there maybe they want to flip him. That would be a little drastic, but that could happen. You're going to see movement. You're going to see new conversations happen, and you're going to – it's just great for the league as a whole. One con I did uh, have was that um, I think that I kind of wish they did – two championship games and i wish it was a home a home a home and home right i kind of didn't like that it was at a neutral site oh that's one of mine yeah i hate the neutral site yeah i agree because it I, you lose all these natural fans and the pacers place was rocking they've had some games where they, that indiana loves basketball that's where larry bird's from that's a big basketball town that's their main thing and that place would have been packed for a game like that or vice versa if they're um especially if we're doing my idea, they're in Staples or crypto.com arena or whatever the fuck it's called now. Um, that place would also be rocking. And I thought we kind of got robbed of that um, because I think those two games would have been amazing. And I I was looking at it as best of two. Say you got to go to three, the higher seed goes home, if that makes sense. So that's just yeah. a little tweak I had. That Wait, say it again. So <laughs> it was best of two, best of two. But say you split the third game, you go back to the the guy, the team with the highest. Yeah. Seat. So if it's yeah, like I don't know if they, I don't know if they would do that though because the championship game doesn't count for anything. It's just an extra game. Like it, it, yeah. it counts for the in season tournament, but it doesn't go towards the regular season. So I don't think they would want to add three extra games. I don't know why. I, I guess well, it, I, may, I it get, would be taking away three regular season games realistically. What do you mean? Like if you put that into the schedule, you'd have to be like you would. I think you would go, and you know how they just called eighty two of the game, like eighty two of the games are regular season, but then they called like a random couple in season. I think you would still do yeah. that. It would just cut into more of the regular season games. No, I know, I I get that. I'm saying for the championship game, like this last game, didn't the stats didn't count towards any of the like record books. It the championship win didn't count for the Lakers, right? Uh, on, on their record, uh, I don't think it did. As like a, on their so, win loss record, yeah. Uh, I thought it. I don't know. I think the championship game only did not count, so I don't think they oh, okay. would. So maybe add yeah, other championship games for that reason. But I agree that I don't like the neutral site. I think 
this is something that I've kind of thought the Super Bowl should be doing. Like, I feel like the Super Bowl would be way more fun if yes. it was in someone's home stadium. And I get that it feels like a huge advantage, but like the NBA does it in the NBA finals. And we've seen like the away team win. So I don't know. But yeah, the Vegas crowd, it was, first of all, the lighting was weird. I thought the yeah. crowd was like, they didn't have any lights on them. And then when something happened, it would like flash and it would, it looked like, like a, that. like a disco or something. It was weird. Um, and yeah, it just, it wasn't quite the same like energy of being in the Pacers stadium when the Pacers were going on a run. So I totally agree. Um, my biggest con is the point differential. I hate it. Yeah. That was I, so confusing. I don't completely know how they can change it. People are saying they should cap it at like a 25 point differential. Um, I also like like the Celtics hack a drum and thing I think is just so annoying being up 25. And I also think it's kind of a huge unfair advantage to teams who play on the last day when they're trying to qualify for the tournament because they know exactly how many points they need to win by to advance and the teams who played before didn't. So I don't know. I just yeah, don't like, like the point differential thing. Like Orlando beat the Celtics and they did everything right, and then the and the Celtics lost, but they knew their point differential, so they knew what they had to do, and they kind of cheesed their way in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I don't have a solution, so maybe <laughs> that's silly. But like, I like capping it at twenty five, definitely. But I also think there should be some way to schedule it so that the team doesn't know exactly how much they have to win by. I agree, and I also think, I think well. The other side of that is I felt like no one actually knew how much to win by. The Celtics kind of had a range, but the whole time the range was disputed. Like the 25 was like a disputed number. Yeah, because um, it was like, well, that's why they were doing the hack drum because it was like Billy Donovan was like, wait, you guys are already up by 25. Yeah. Like that's you only need to win by 22. And then <laughs> like it depends it was on like, what's going on with the Raptors yeah, and the Nets. If the Nets like yeah, if the Nets won by a certain amount, then we would have had to win by more. So it was like, I don't know. It was just weird. Yeah, it was really confusing, and as a fan, I didn't know even what I was rooting for, which I th that was kind of the other another con I wanted to mention was just like I had no idea what I was rooting for for some parts of this tournament. Um, I think it follows like the European soccer tournament rules thing, and neither of us watch soccer, so I think that's kind of why we're so confused. But I also just think it was a little bit confusing. Um, yeah. Another pro I have is that we're going to be getting a LeBron owned. Vegas team and I think the in-season tournament him showing that he cared is kind of is kind of what uh show like gave that away um one there's clearly a market in Vegas for basketball clearly it seems to be a hub of basketball operations whenever there's a non-regular season thing going on if you think about it there's the Vegas Summer League um and then they have you know they had the in-season tournament there and they have they've had the all-star game there in the past um, and I think LeBron sh carrying this much kind of shows that he understood that this was a really good opportunity for the league to make money. And I think that he wanted to get this, get, get the league to become more marketable. So that way they can afford to add another team because it costs a little bit. I mean, it costs a ton to add another team and then you make it back later on in profit and revenue and all that. Um, so I thought him showing that he cared and doing it in Vegas and, it just kind of gave it away that I think LeBron is going to be affiliated. And I'm not, I didn't come up with this. This is clearly Bill Simmons take that I'm agreeing with, but um, yeah, I just think that that gave it away a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think like I mentioned earlier that 
everyone cared and like including the fans like the fans in the arena obviously cared it was playoff atmospheres for every home game but i think the main thing for the tournament is getting like tv fans to care about the regular season and care about watching like out of market games like national tv games that are going to be playoff intensity in december you know what i mean and yeah. and i think they somewhat accomplished that by putting on a really good product and actually caring and having it be competitive. And I think people are going to keep coming back and wanting that. So I think uh, it's, it's a way for, for people who are maybe the more casual fans to start caring a little bit more earlier in the season. Yeah. And plus, I mean, that start, that starts with LeBron, like you mentioned, he's the face of the league and by him going out there and competing and, you know, really giving it his all, he set the focal or he set, you know, the, he's, he made it, he showed other people that that's what they need to do. Um, and that that's just kind of the level of intensity he was going to bring. And he expected that of others. And uh, that was big of him. Yeah. So happy with that. Uh, I do want to mention another con real quick. Um, and that is, I really hope no one gets injured uh, later because they gave it their all. Like I mentioned, uh, LeBron is 38. And although he hasn't broken down yet and he's a man of steel or whatever, He's 38, and he did playoff intensity basketball for a while through a tournament and kind of dragged this team through, through the win. I know Anthony Davis helped a lot and all that. That being said, that's wear and tear on you. Um, I just hope no major stars that participated, uh, Halliburton, whoever, uh, get injured right away and because I don't want that to be blamed on the in-season tournament. Yeah, I actually don't think that that's a con because, first of all, no injuries happened during the tournament or no significant injuries to a star at least. Um, and also like getting guys to play hard is like the biggest pro that we had. So if you're going to get hurt, like you're playing basketball, it, it's basketball players playing hard at, at in basketball. I think that's a good thing no matter how you look at it. Even, even if someone is to get hurt, um, you know, load management has never been my thing, but I have some silly cons too. Um, the Lakers are hanging a banner. Yeah, that's stupid. I'm glad. <laughs> I hope you should stop liking them for that. <laughs> no, I still love the uh, roster. What, what, you, what were you about to say? <laughs> LeBron is my uh, sweet, glorious king. But you, were you about to say I still love the and then say Lakers after that? <laughs> I think you misheard me. I don't. I think that, that's <laughs> that's upsetting. I like I like the team. I like how they're constructed and LeBron's really good. Um, but yeah. yeah, they're hanging a banner. I feel like it should be more unique first of all than a banner because a banner is what you do for championships and it's what you do for like important things like retiring players numbers so hanging a banner for the in-season tournament seems a little bit silly I, I feel like the in-season tournament was more for like the monetary reward for the players that should be what they get and the fans their reward should be watching awesome games um I was thinking maybe they could do like a like a rotating type of trophy. So maybe it is a banner, but maybe every year, you know, around the in-season tournament, it, it gets rotated to whoever wins and they get to, you know, put their little patch on. I thought that would be cool. That's that's not a bad idea. Um, Yeah, I, I thought it was dumb because they're the Lakers and they're like, a, like I, I feel like the Pacers would have hung one up and that would have made more sense. But the Lakers are a more storied franchise and they kind of have a lot up there already. I don't know what putting up another banner does. Um, I don't know if you've been you you've definitely been to other arenas, right? Like I remember specifically like Tennessee has a ton of like southeast 
conference champions, stuff like that, but never like they haven't won a national championship for, for basketball. Um, right. So I think that kind of is comparable. I would maybe if it's like a much tinier banner and they put all the wins on that one, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I, I like the rotating trophy idea or rotating like form of winning, whether that's a banner or a trophy. I think that's, I think that's actually a solid idea. Yeah, I know. I'm brilliant. I should work for the NBA. Yeah. Um, my my last thing is I just I just want more. I feel like it's over a little bit too soon. We are barely we were barely a quarter way through the season, and now it's like oh, the in season tournament's over, and now we're heading into kind of like the dog days of like what do we look forward to for the next sixty plus games of the NBA season? Like the All Star break really hasn't given us much over the last few years to look forward to. Um, so yeah, I feel like they could maybe stretch it out a little bit longer, add a couple games and maybe have it end closer to the all-star break. Yeah. I mean, I, they should just play less than 82 games. 82 games is too much. True. Um, So these games would matter more. It's just, we're back to the part where the games don't really matter. Like we were talking about before this, we're trying to figure out what we want to talk about. And you and I watched a lot of games last night, Monday, and none of those games really mattered zion played pretty well he had like 35 or something and then paolo hurt himself and other than that those were like the two things that happened in the nba last night that really mattered but there was 11 games on and it was kind of the nba's night to rule the ratings and i felt like football kind of did that and that's just because we have way too many games and that's why you have you know uh people sitting out and doing load management and all that and adding another team adding two more teams, one in the East, one in the West, or moving Memphis over to the East and adding two to the West, whatever that looks like, is going to make it come. Maybe they should add less games when they do that is what I'm trying to say because those guys are going to bring in, um, you know, a bunch of new games themselves. And the reason you're adding, the whole issue with not adding, taking away games rather is because, I mean, that's a bunch of games. Say if you cut 20 games, that's 20 days for people that work at the arena that, they don't get paid because they're not working any event. They're not working that venue that night. And it's a lot. It's really easy for me to sit on this podcast and say like, Oh yeah, you got to cut all these games. Uh, it's hard when you work at the arena because that just puts you out of money. But if you're adding in two new teams, uh, that's two new teams that can come to town, uh, things like that. There's, there's ways to work around it, I think. And I think overall the tournament just really shows you that they need to add less games. So that way all the games are important. Um, and then that elevated, importance of the in-season tournament kind of lasts a little bit longer um but the reality is there's just way too much going there's just way too much and honestly frankly we can't watch it all which sucks too that's the other reason why i don't like it i wish i i wish they had less games that were more spread out so instead of having to go back on league pass and watching a bunch of on-demand stuff i could watch it live too yeah i i couldn't agree more you're preaching to the choir do you have any more uh pros or cons or is that it um I like the. I thought the courts were a success, and they they did their role of just being like, "Oh, this court looks yeah. different. That must be the in season tournament." Yeah, I I agree. I like that um, aspect of it. I think knowing that it's an in season tournament game just by looking at the TV screen is very important. However, I think the design of the courts definitely needs some some They're tweaking. Loud. They were they were big. Yeah, they were very loud, and uh, Jalen Brown also said they were slippery and i don't know if that has something to do with like the the color or yeah Yeah. i I have no idea but they they need to tone it down just just a tiny bit maybe put like the big in-season tournament logo in the middle and like paint the actual paint like a different color 
Um, but like the whole like line right down the middle and then a really loud outer color was a little bit too much for me uh, for some courts, especially like the Pelicans. Oh, yeah. Pelicans were bad. Um, there, a lot of the reds was hard for me. It's because I, think I it's did not like the ones. reds. Yeah. Must have been just a us thing. Um, they, they hurt my eyes a little bit. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Especially with these nice new TVs, man. It's. They pop. Yeah, they really pop. Feels like you're you're right there, and it's just I I hope it looked better in person because it did hurt. Yeah, it did hurt a lot. Um, Halliburton's amazing. I want to talk about that. We yeah, a little so, bit. Everybody's talking about it, but I figured we should give our take on that. Yeah, there's some guys that you watch, and you can just tell there's something different about them. Like internally, nothing about like the talent, <laughs> like. There's something about him that he has like that Kobe, Dog, that competitive will. stuff. I'm never gonna say that. I hate it. <laughs> but I yeah, hate it, but that, you were describing. <laughs> I hated when you said it. So. I didn't like saying it either. But you, that's that is what you're describing is that term. Yes. No. That that's exactly it. And I mean, we could talk about all the numbers and all that stuff, but that that inner competitive edge is what stuck out to me about him. And and I, that's, that's what I learned. Cause I knew he was a really good passer. I knew he could score. I didn't quite know he could shoot at like 45% from three, but um, he's doing it. So. Yeah, I did in college too. So it's not that, that was kind of, you look at his jumper and you're like, this, there's no way you can shoot. Cause kind of has like a broken jumper. It looks like, but it goes in. So you can't call it broken. Um, I think that was my big thing with him was I always, I probably was lower on his shooting in Sacramento just because I didn't like the way that his form looked. But if I, I probably hadn't sat down and looked at the numbers. His first year in Indiana, that was last year, right? Um, mm-hmm. like the first his first time in Indiana, that was when I really started to get on to him. I'm not saying I was like early to the party. I'm just saying I've I watched him last year and I watched him all this year. Um, the reason I think we didn't know he had that sort of competitive flair in him is because he has never really won anything, which he's been very open about in interviews and things like that. He's never, he played, he went to Iowa state. They were never, you know, really making that much noise in the tourney or whatever. And he never won anything from high school all the way to now. And I think you saw that competitive edge that he does possess come out because he was playing in a, in a tournament that actually mattered and he was trying to win something. So that really stuck out to me. The other thing that stuck out to me was other than the passing with no with no turnovers, which is Steve Nash ish and ridiculous. Um, it was his speed manipulation. Um, he's not he's like extremely fast, but he's not the 99th percentile fast that you would see on Tyrese Maxey or whatever. But he has this manipulation of speed that's almost kind of like a fast Harden because like Harden's slow and lulls you to sleep and then attacks. Tyrese is really fast, but then makes these like quick cuts that are like slowed down. And the way that he's dissecting the game cerebrally is extremely impressive, especially at his age. You can see him get better as the game goes on. If they're throwing a defensive matchup at him early on in the game, you can see him go and continuously break it down. And he he plays his best basketball in the late, in the third and fourth quarters, which that's when the true superstars come alive. Um, and that that's really impressive to me is just the way he manipulates his speed and he's very decisive with the ball. He knows what he's going to do and he makes decisions and sticks to that decision uh, and has very few turnovers. So he's a pretty 
close to perfect player at right now, which is crazy to say. <laughs> yeah, if he keeps shooting 45% from three, I agree. And the thing about him is that he's 6'5", and he's long as hell. Like, yeah. his strides are really long, so most of the guys that guard him, it's really hard for them to keep up um, with a guy that has that type of handle and that type of length that covers the ground that he does um, and can shoot like he does. So, yeah, I agree. Um what did you think about the Lakers? And uh, let's talk about the, the championship game a little bit because the Lakers, I mean, the paces were as hot as anyone. They just beat the Celtics and the Bucks in consecutive games. And the Lakers come in and, and kind of little boy them a little bit. What did you think about that? Yeah, I think this was LeBron. He's very self-aware, kind of. He know Everything he does is, is with purpose. And every sentence he yeah. says – and everything he everything he says, does, and thinks, and does to the media and everything is with purpose. He knows how he's going to be perceived. Uh, I said sometimes he's self-aware just because I do think he doesn't – sometimes he doesn't see it when people are making fun of him about, like, pretending to read and stuff like that. <laughs> um, with that being said, I think he saw what everybody was saying in the media, and I think everybody was down on the Lakers, especially because they weren't playing great. Um, and I think he saw that and he got pissed off and he was like, this is my coming out party again. I'm going to show that we're legit, you know, we're, we're a legit team and you can't take the us for granted. And I think they really showed that well with the end season tournament. Um, the way that he just dragged this team, it's weird how much they're missing guys like Gabe Vincent and how much they missed Cam Reddish. He came in and now he's like a, an actual kind of three and D guy and he's to still finish up hitting some threes, but he's he's they're kind of morphing him into what they need him to be. Um, but you shouldn't be missing Jared Vanderbilt and Gabe Vincent as much as they were. Um, yeah. I think there's a move to be made, and I think you're going to see a move happen with the D'Angelo Russell, Ruiz, something like that. Um, maybe that's a, a Kyrie who's been quiet all season. Maybe it's time for him to come over to LA because I do think that would make sense and would not be a bad trade for them to make, especially if he continues just not being an issue like he has been all season. Um, but yeah, what this told me to told me about the Lakers is that um, they got to be one of the big four teams that you say when you talk about championships. And I would say that's Nuggets, Celtics, Lakers, and Philly, maybe someone else. I, I do agree with all of those four sons. Sons. We'll see tonight with Beal, how that looks, but, yeah, I'm not throwing them in there yet. Um, either way, I think they're at the they're at the podium for you know. I think I would talk about players. Milwaukee too. Did oh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I should have. Um, yeah. They're at the they're at the table with the top three or four um best teams in yeah. the league, and I think they finally showed up to dinner. Yeah. So obviously, this is kind of like this was my hot take last year that the Lakers were good and that they were gonna you know make make it to the finals. They didn't end up making the finals, but I was right about them being good. And I still believe that they're very good, but a lot of people in the media over the last two days have, I think, kind of blown this in-season tournament performance a little bit out of proportion. Yeah. And maybe yeah. maybe it's just because it's the media and they need something to talk about, but it, it was a nightmare matchup for the Pacers. And I know it's easy to say that after the game, but like they had no chance physically to guard Anthony Davis and LeBron James. They're, they were just too small. And... The Lakers played good defense, um, but the Pacers would have had to hit. I mean, they would have had to go, go off um, to win this game. And obviously, they were capable of it. They did um, against Boston and against Milwaukee. But 
they just they were overmatched physically. So I think the Lakers. I mean, AD had forty one and twenty. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just dominant. Like they had no one to guard him. Um, Miles Turner is a good player, but he's he's not gonna stop Anthony Davis and Obi Toppin. Like is is the other guy that's gonna guard him. So it, they just they didn't have the size to compete. Um, and when LeBron puts his mind to it, like and, and plays at full intensity, I think obviously there's no one on the Pacers who can guard him either. So. I think the Lakers are a very good team. Um, I think that their size is definitely their strength, and I'm not trying to pick on them for using their strength against a smaller Pacers team. I just think people are making it out like this was like some unknown thing that the Lakers are like all of a sudden this awesome team. Like, no, this is them. We could have seen this coming, um, but like we still need like all of their problems that they had before the tournament. I think they still have, and that's like, aging star in LeBron can't give this to you every night. And Anthony Davis is just inconsistent and they don't really have a ton of shooting to compete with teams like Denver um, or Phoenix in the West. So there's still things that need to be improved on. Um, That's all. That's, that's all I wanted to say about the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, they shot 15% from three that game, their entire bench scored a total of 30 points, and that was Jalen Hood's Shafino, or sorry, Max Christie had two points, and Austin Reeves had 28 points. Yeah. Um, everybody but Christian Wood played, so that's two, four, six, seven. Seven guys saw the floor off the bench that had a 12-man rotation, and only two of them scored, only two of the seven scored. Clearly, they need to upgrade their bench. Um, but, I mean, if you're looking at their shot distribution, too, it's like, Delo's getting 15 shots, Reeves is getting 15 shots, Davis is getting 24, Prince got three, Reddish got seven, and then the rest of the team got one or zero. So, like, what what are you going to ask for from Rui Hachimura if he's not shooting the ball and playing good defense? He took one shot. Um, Jared Vanderbilt took one shot. Maybe that's fine because uh, he's more of a close-up player or whatever, but I just think there's a lack of depth going on in the bench, and I think they got to figure it out somehow. And I think that's by making a, a move because they kind of made this team up. But they're a little bit younger um, than I would like for this deep playoff push. I mean, they've got like, I like Vanderbilt as your backup, but maybe you can move on from Jackson Hayes or something like that. I don't know. They're, they're kind of doing like the, the Warriors thing where they have young guys and old guys in there. Um, I would like yeah. to it's all day. They're doing it a little better. They're doing it much better, Warriors. much, much better, a lot better. But I, I agree, and I think Reddish, for as good as he's been, I just it yeah he can't be starting. It's hard to trust playoffs. starting a guy that that's that's that inexperienced and still pretty raw offensively um, when you're trying yeah. to win a championship. So yeah, I agree. I think they need more shooting um, and probably a little more experience. And it's like his third year in the league, but the first year he's been all right. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe even fourth year in the league. I think I right. yeah. Fourth year he was he was Zion's year so. Yeah, might be fourth, like fifth. 2019 would be fourth, I think, believe. Yeah. This would yeah. be his fifth, I guess. Something like that. Either way, it's his first time being he's not even that good. Yeah. Like I feel like we overhyped him on this pot. He's he's not playing like amazing. He's playing all he is right. He's good on defense, yeah. Yeah, he's and he was really hyped coming into this um league, and he just has never really panned out. He's only averaging seven points, two point eight rebounds, one point two assists. So yeah. um yeah, I agree. He should they and I, I'm like I'm not I don't feel great about Torian Prince starting. He's kind of like an aging. I would like him coming off the bench way better. Um, like adding Kyrie to this would be really good. Would give you some good three point shooting. 
I even though even if you do that, um, you probably give up Rui and D'Lo. Uh, I like that trade a lot, but I still think there would be a move to be made after that to kind of I just fill out your. I don't even think I don't even think the Mavs would do that for Rui. No, I don't think they would. Yeah, I don't think they would, especially because they're performing all right right now, and you got to keep Luca happy. So unless Luca wants Kyrie out, um, I don't think that move's happening still. So. Uh, anything else on the in-season tournament, or do you think we covered it? I think we got it, man. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll be back uh, later in the week. We're going to do another NBA heavy pod um, and with some slight NFL betting in there. But, yeah, go Celtics. They played Cavs tonight. Let's see if they get that win.